0: Hey everyone, grace and peace to you all, from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Today is Thursday, March 19th, and uh, I'm coming at you a bit more heavy-hearted than normal. See, I tend towards the visionary side of life. I look ahead, like way ahead most of the time. I also tend to be an opportunist. So I like to look in the future And I try to, as an opportunist, leverage the present to get to this future that I see. Now, I've done a lot of work over the years on how to do this redemptively so I don't uh, use people as objects or currency, which is honestly a huge temptation that visionary opportunist type people have. Now, I say all that because as COVID-19 was affecting the church over the last three weeks, I was looking ahead to what it would be like on the other side, how the church could change, how it could emerge differently, how this pruning would produce a greater fruit. Now, there's nothing inherently wrong with that, but what happens for people like me, what happened to me, is that I, I, I what I missed was what was happening to people I love and serve in real time. Like, what was happening to them in the moment? Yesterday, uh, I saw on Facebook that a friend of mine who is a part of our church community had to lay off 90% of their fairly large team who is a part of their wildly successful small business here locally. I also heard of several people in our community that were were laid off, hours cut drastically back, and those who have to now file for unemployment uh, the small businesses in our, our church and our community are just getting uh, hammered. People in the restaurant business getting hammered right now. We also yesterday started our prayer rooms um, at our church, which happen over Zoom every hour on the hour to intercede for this moment. I encourage you to sign up for it. it's it there. It was really incredible. Now in those rooms, the leader always starts by asking you know your name and wh- where you live, all that stuff. And then one word to describe where you're at right now, what you're feeling right now, one word. And many people throughout the day said that they were anxious. There was a a heavy anxiety in the air. And this is not like the ambient anxiety that we used to feel just weeks ago because we lived in like abundance, but there was still something missing. It's like that old John Mayer song from many years ago where he sings, something's missing and I don't know what it is and I don't know what it is, and he goes through all the things that he has, but he says there's still something missing. That's that ambient anxiety that we lived with maybe just three weeks ago. But this anxiety that we're feeling right now is coming not from, like not, not knowing where this anxiety is coming from. This anxiety is coming from not knowing what our future is going to be like. We are finally anxious about the things Jesus listed on in the Sermon on the Mount. What shall we eat? What shall we drink? What shall we wear? A lot of people are literally anxious about those things. And on top of this anxiety, there's this deep sadness. A sadness that I confess I was missing by looking forward to the time when this would all be over. But the reality is, maybe that's a far way off. Maybe what we're living through is a new kind of normal. And yesterday I was angry about this. I I was getting pretty angry. Church isn't normal right now. Sundays won't be normal right now. And I don't know when they will be again. What kind of posture do you put yourself in when you can't control the future? What do you do? What how do you how do you put your emotional spiritual self before God? And have a, what kind of posture do you have when you know you can't control the future? Because let's be honest, I'll be completely honest. For a long time, the way the world has gone, many people that I know, especially living around where I live, have this illusion that we can control the future. But it's moments like these, when it's the end of the world as we know it, that we realize that we can't control the future. How do we accept that? There's an ancient... Ignatian meditation exercise called The Principle and Foundation It reads like a mission statement for the human person And it goes like this Now before I read this Maybe you can pause this podcast And get yourself in a position to receive this Maybe sitting, kneeling Um, just I'll I'll let you do that real quick This is the way the mission statement reads For the human person It reads like, like this I am created to praise, love, and serve God. I am created to praise, love, and serve God. Now, when we live out of this vocation, we are truly happy and fulfilled. When we allow disordered loves and self-preoccupations to clutter our lives, we find ourselves out of balance unhappy, and discontented. Now, the grace that we seek in all of this is something called indifference. This is Ignatian vocabulary. Indifference, the term, does not mean an, a, a, like an unfeeling lack of concern. That's not what indifference is. In Ignatian uh, practices and vocabulary, indifference means that we will hold on to all of God's gifts reverently, gratefully, but also lightly, embracing them or letting them go, all depending on how they help us fulfill our true vocation to praise, love, and serve God. So let me close our time by reading the principal foundation to you as a way of meditation as we close. Now, you can go online and find a copy of this. Just search Ignatian Principle and Foundation Traditional Translation to meditate on this exercise on your own. But I'm going to close with a reading of this. So if you can get yourself into a place where um, you can be still before God, and I'll read this to you. And let's just ruminate, meditate, bring this prayer, this exercise before God now. Feet on the floor. Breathing, palms up to God. Thank you, God. Human beings are created to praise, reverence, and serve God our Lord. By means of doing this, we save our souls. The other things on the face of the earth are created for hu- the human beings to help them in the pursuit of the end. For which they were created from this it follows that we ought to use these things to the extent that they help us toward our end and free ourselves from them to the extent that they hinder us from it to attain this it is necessary to make ourselves indifferent to all created things in regard to everything which is left to our free will and is not forbidden. Consequently, on our own part, we ought to not seek health rather than sickness, wealth rather than poverty, honor rather than dishonor, a long life rather than a short one, and so on on all other matters. Rather, we ought to desire to choose only that which is more conducive to the end for which we were created. We ought to desire and choose only that which is more conducive to the end for which we were created. God, as we spend time thinking through this, this is a hard word. This practice of indifference is not an easy thing to get to, God. I pray as we get there, as we try to imagine and see our lives for the end of praising, loving, and serving you, God, we would hold everything loosely, that we would mourn the things that pass through our fingers, that we would rejoice in the things that we can hold tightly, all of it to serve you to love you, God, and to praise you in Christ our Lord. Amen.